This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com What's all the fuss about anyway? Cancelled speeches? Conferences in Pittsburgh? There's a lot of drama out there in the world today. And the reason why you listen to this show is because I bring the drama straight to you. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. This is Mike Parrott. I am your host, Parrot Talk, here on the Crusade Channel Live Talk Radio, the way it should be. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Your favorite show at that time slot on the Crusade Channel. Good morning. It is the third day of October. In the year of our Lord, 2023, and His Excellency, the Archbishop Vigano, who has been a strong opponent of the New World Order, an advocate for tradition, an enemy of Francis, and an ally of tradition for the last several years, he gave a speech, and that speech was delivered, or meant to be delivered anyway, to the Catholic Identity Conference in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, over the weekend. Well, that speech didn't get aired. You know why? Because it was a little bit too spicy, too controversial. So, of course, we're going to just read it to you here. I say we, joined by the most hated man on Twitter. His name is Alberto. His hashtag, or his uh, his at sign is at Flatcath. And he is at least as hated as I am, perhaps more. Welcome back to the show, Alberto. Hello, Mike. Hey, at least my account has never been suspended by Elon. So Elon, you have that. You he, can take that. So that does that mean that I am more hated, more despised, more feared? You know, somebody that I used to know, um, a, a uh, an American Marxist Jew who moved to Russia was tweeting about me today, and he said that because my second account hasn't grown very fast, and that's evidence that everybody knows that I'm crazy, the mask is off, and because I haven't developed this Twitter cult following just yet, uh, that's, that's proof that it will never come back after being canceled by his eminence, Elon the Musk. That, that's funny. I mean, it, to some extent, he may be right. He may be right, you know. Will you help me? Will you help me find my friends on on, on X? Yeah, trying to, trying to, uh, keeping the retweets going, but it's hard. It's hard to, to find them. It's, I don't know where to dig anymore. It's rough out there because there, so the certain of my tweets that you just can't retweet. You can't in good conscience. Yeah, you, you, you do get the the notification from Twitter saying, hey, you know, this is a little bit too spicy. You can't. This is going to be hidden. <laughs> on mine on yours yeah, yeah oh wow wow so twitter already doesn't like me all right uh let's get to the speech that was suppressed by his holiness michael Ma- i'm sorry not pope michael Ma- sorry there's already a pope michael uh no not, not pope gary michael voris too many Michaels in the kitchen. Too many pope michaels. There's there's too many michaels in the in the kitchen for sure. Now what what's really what was really interesting just uh speaking about his uh, uh Michael Matt's video where he explains what happened because a lot of us woke up to Archbishop Vigano saying hey here's a link to my speech it was censored by the Catholic Identity Conference I was not at the conference I did not know the lineup of speakers I do know however that some libertarians were given the stage 
at the at the conference. I it's, found that to be very well. It's bizarre. okay. It's okay to be a libertarian. It is perfectly fine in Trad Inc. to be a libertarian to believe that the individual is the basic building block of society, not the family. That the individual, by his own efforts, by his own bootstraps, can pull him up himself up and create economic prosperity for himself and his neighbor. It is okay to believe that you are not your brother's keeper, that pornography and pot and child abuse happening next door has nothing to do with you. It doesn't harm the body of Christ. It's okay to believe that there's no such thing as the common good. At but, the Catholic Identity Conference. But but if you hold a certain view, which we'll get to, I don't want to, to spoil oh it before we get to goodness. it. If you hold a certain view. You're holding the audience in suspense. We are. We are. We got a grift. This is. got to keep the grift going. If you want to find the real answer, you need to be extremely well caffeinated this morning at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. And the best way to be well caffeinated, I keep banging this drum. Ditch the bean water and go to shop.mikechurch.com. The founders trading post at shop.mikechurch.com. It is there that you can find the elixir, the, the warm black elixir of life for the mornings to focus your mind on the one topic that was just too spicy for the Catholic Identity Conference this past weekend. We have it for you. And we're going to start reading it. All right, so let's just break this down, Alberto. Uh, so if you go to uh, Vigano's website, it says, Vitium Consensus. This was the speech at the Catholic Identity Conference, and he puts this paragraph. This quote, this address was prepared in order to be given at the Catholic Identity Conference. However, at the last minute, it was deleted from the roster. It is unfortunate that in the current climate of fear within the church, the free exchange of ideas and viewpoints is no longer tolerated. Let us pray for the unity of the church, that unity which can be grounded in the truth, who is Jesus Christ. Now, to give a Michael Matz uh, view, which, by the way, nothing that His Excellency says in, in this specific paragraph contradicts anything that Michael Matz said in his own 10-minute explanation. Michael Matz said, hey, uh, we were supposed to have an interview, but then His Excellency submitted a, a I suppose, assume uh, recorded or not recorded, I don't know, uh, video. I listened to it, and it went against the theme of the conference, and so therefore I decided not to not to go ahead uh, with it in the conference. It does speak uh, to me, it's a little bit odd. The church is led by the clergy, our Lord Jesus Christ chose it to be that way. But it seems that in, in, in the traditional movement, which there's a lot of, of really good things, and there's a lot of good things that Michael Matt has done, uh, a lot of people that have been uh, legacy traditionalists love to, to read him and all that stuff. But how is it possible that... That he's the arbiter. We're, that that we the the laity are the you know uh, Mike if uh, you have a you're supposed to have a an interview with a bishop, let alone an archbishop and and then you're like eh, I don't like what he says just kidding no you're out I'm the arbiter of what the people get to hear and uh, in an address that has nothing against the Catholic faith nothing uh, and and even somebody and as Michael Matz himself says in the video not to get carried away here but he says he's a, he's a friend of mine and 
they have been, of course. Uh, well, that's what's interesting. That's 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 the that's the really fascinating part. Matt has been a supporter of Vigano since the beginning. Now, some of you who have followed Restoring the Faith Media, some of you may be aware that I was an early critic of Vigano. In October of 2020, one month before the stolen election, I came out and said. Not only can you not vote and participate in the sacrament of Freemasonry, but I came out with a two-hour video about Archbishop Vigano. And I questioned what, at the time, was the, 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 the story about Archbishop Vigano. For those who don't know, this is a man who spent 52 years as a Vatican spy. He was, in, he was in the Secretariat of State for the Vatican. Out of those 52 years, 10 of those years were spent in the United States of America, the USSA, known for usury, sodomy, and abortion. During that time, he presided over the, the selection of bishops in the United States of America. He cultivated a close friendship with Theodore McCarrick. There are many photos of him appearing in public with him. Also during that time, he witnessed the protection of abusers and the sweeping under the rug of the abuse of children. Now, he's an Italian. He has been, the, uh, he's been appointed for service by the Vatican in many nations, Alberto. Only 10 years in the USSA. And part of the reasoning for why I, d I mistrusted him in October of 2020 when I made that fateful video, which has been viewed by tens of thousands of people, part of the reasoning why I mistrusted him at that time was because his story didn't add up. Number one, you spent one-fifth of your professional life as a priest in America, and yet you seem so invested in American politics. I mean, he was appointed to the same position in multiple nations, in Europe and in the Middle East. Why is he not equally engaged in Iraqi politics or English politics? So, in in the book, Finding Vigano, I don't know if you, if you ever read it, Mike, did you? I did not read it. I have a copy. It's Re a regrettably, I just it's just not on my... So, so to do list, I when that book came out, I was like, Oh, that seems very boring. Ten, but then one yeah. day, uh, was on vacation, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and then I started reading it, and it's a very, very, in my opinion, very good book. So, in that book, Vigano gives the explanation of how all of that happened, which is he was a sw total swamp creature, 100%. He was a swamp creature, yeah, and he does not deny it. So, I think even in some of his first interventions, he says. I will be judged and I, I repent, but, so I now have to come clean. Anyway, so his explanation is that he was uh, deep into Vatican politics. Then one day, uh, Pope, or quote-unquote Pope, Benedict XVI, uh, he, he has an, an audience with him, and uh, Ratzinger, who, by the way, denied the kingship of our Lord Jesus Christ to Archbishop Lefebvre, he tells him that he's going to be made a cardinal because... Uh, the trajectory and the career that he had had would be of somebody worthy to hold the cardinal cardinal hat, and then so he leaves him with that, 
And then a few days later, he gets told that he's now the nuncio to the United States by somebody else, somebody not by by uh, Ratzinger, not by anybody, by people in in the offices. So, to me, that's very interesting because uh, a lot of people say, "Well, Ratzinger didn't have control of," uh, which, by the way, people say that he's a saint, but somehow, in the Noble Order Church, saints are just kind of like really—they're really just hapless, helpless. They're help helpless, hapless. Hapsburg, I mean, whatever it is, they're just lose and, wars. And and Taylor Marshall has made this point. He's he's said Taylor Marshall has said, why not go out in glory and say we're gonna come out clean and you can go ahead and kill me and I'm gonna go straight to heaven. But anyway, so that that's the explanation. Now, well, okay, no, no, but the, but there's another thing. There's another aspect to this for why I was skeptical. I mean, yeah, uh, fine, okay, you found you you you, you had your Saul to Paul thing the other thing was that he claimed to be in hiding this was in 2020 when he was hiding for his life he had exposed theodore mccarrick or helped expose theodore mccarrick alongside a hero to the catholic faith james crine and he was hiding for his life from the lavender mafia now in 2020 even i knew where he lived and i'm just a nobody podcaster Practically everybody knows where he lives. Well, I, I've been told that podcasters are the are the arbiters of Catholic. The uh, arbiters bio, of truth, uh, yes. Yeah. The arbiters of what is real. If he was running for his life, Alberto, my argument was this. He's running from the Vatican City State, who would use the lethal force of government to try to f- track him down. They're a member of the European Union. And therefore, the continental European combined police force would be tracking his movements. And therefore, the only place that he could seek asylum would be from a superpower, an alleged superpower, i.e. Russia or the United States of America, USSA. And my contention, actually, this was in September of 2020. My contention in September of 2020 was that If he's hiding from a sovereign nation, i.e. the Vatican City State, and they are using the combined police powers of all of Europe to try to find him, then the only way that he could hide from that anywhere on planet Earth would be with the United States government's help. And the only way that the United States government would help him is if he agreed to help the United States government in some way. And I posited in September of 2020 that there must, there simply must be some secret connection between Steve Bannon and Archbishop Vigano. I said it on camera before anyone else in the world made that connection. And then not only, not, not, not weeks later, at this very identity conference that happens in the first part of October, Steve Bannon and... Archbishop Vigano revealed that they did indeed have a connection to each other. And my contention at the time was either you're lying about living in hiding and exaggerating the, 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 the lavender mafia who's going to take your life, or you're not lying about it and you are indeed under the protection and the guise of the United States government who is protecting you. And that's why you're going 
all in on the re-election for Donald Trump. He told us back in 2020 that if we didn't elect Trump, that the church would be destroyed. That Trump was the catcher, the uh, uh, the 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 guy who holds back the forces of darkness. Well, guess what? Trump didn't win, according to YouTube, right? That's so, right. and and we're four years down the line, and that election was stolen. And I, no one has ever asked Vigano. Now, he's made public appearances, Alberto. He's appeared with Michael Matt in Germany. Uh, he appears to be moving around Europe quite freely. Does he have a fake passport? Does he have a vaccine passport? Does he have a fake ID? Is he really running for his life? Nobody has ever asked these tough questions. They just took him at his word that he's running for his life because he exposed Archbishop McCarrick, Cardinal McCarrick. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here for a specific, I know, but all of those, I have to concede, are very good questions. Um, now, of course, when you're involved diplomatically, and now, oh, by the way, speaking about nuncios to the United States, uh, Archbishop, uh, is it Pierre? He's now Cardinal, Cardinal Pierre, uh, Apostolic Nuncio to the United States. You do have certain connections that you make when you're moving in those circles. Uh, and in uh, those, uh, what I would assume would have been desperate times, I wouldn't really be surprised if Archbishop Vigano turns to, for help toward the, the balance of the world. Which, by the way, our, uh, Bishop Schneider has been on Bannon's uh, war room show in person. Right. And, but, but all of that has happened subsequent to, subsequent to the predictions that I laid out in September of 2020. In September of 2020, it was Trump's going to win in a landslide. Biden is running from the basement. Uh, we're just coming out of COVID still. Yeah, remember yeah, that, all that, that stuff. I, I remember all of that, and now I I really want to get to Archbishop Vigano's letter, but I have to say, so just really quick, I have to sneak this in, of course. So Trump is making fun of Biden's mental faculties, but still Biden stole the election. Uh, so <laughs> how did you? How did the? How did the dunce steal from you? How did he pull that off? How how is he a master? He can't he can't simultaneously be an international criminal mastermind running the Biden crime family and also the dunce that doesn't know what color jello he ate that morning. You know, you you maybe for, may forget what color of jello you ate that morning, but Trump even made a, 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 a an allusion recently to that Biden can't even move in a stage. So, yeah. So which Trump, is Tr which is kind of funny. I, I I laughed at it. I was that was like classic Trump. I loved it. I thought it was funny. But you're right. Let's get to the speech. Quote, the evidence of the Bergoglio problem. That's the title. The proliferation of declarations and behaviors completely foreign to what is expected of a pope, and indeed in contrast with the faith and morality of which pa papacy is the guardian, has led many of the faithful and an increasingly large number of bishops should take note of something that has, until this time ago, seemed unheard of. The throne of Peter is occupied by a person who abuses his power, uses it for the opposite purpose to that which our Lord instituted. 
Some say that Jorge Mario Bergoglio is manifestly heretical in doctrinal questions. Others that he is tyrannical in matters in government. Still others consider his election invalid because of the many anomalies of the resignations of Benedict XVI and the elections who, uh, who took place subsequent. Those opinions, more or less supported by evidence or the result of speculations that cannot always be shared, nevertheless confirm a reality that is now incontestable. And it is this reality, in my opinion, that constitutes a common starting point in trying to remedy the disconcerting, scandalous presence of a pope who presents himself with ostentatious arrogance as inimicus ecclesiae and who acts and speaks as such. An enemy who, precisely because he occupies the throne of Peter and abuses papal authority, is capable of inflicting a terrible and disastrous blow, such as no external enemy in the entire history of the church has ever been able to cause. The worst persecutors of Christians, the fiercest adherents of the Masonic lodges, and the most unrestrained heresarchs have never before succeeded in such a short time with such effectiveness in devastating the Lord's vineyard. Scandalizing the faithful, disgusting the ministers, discrediting its authority and authoritativeness before the world, and, and demolishing the magisterium, faith, morals, liturgy, and discipline. Inimicus Ecclesiae, not only with respect to the members of the mystical body, which he despises, ridicules, he never ceases to launch poisonous epithets against it, persecutes and strikes, but also with respect to the head of the mystical body, Jesus Christ, whose authority exercised by Bergoglio no longer in a vicarious way, but would therefore be in necessary and dutiful consistency with the despositum fidei, but rather in a self-referential and tyrannical way. The authority of the Roman pontiff is in fact derived from the supreme authority of Christ in which it participates always within the boundaries and scope of the goals which the divine founder has established once and for all and which no human power can change. The evidence of Bergoglio's alienity to the office he holds is certainly a painful and very serious fact, but becoming aware of this reality is the indispensable premise for remedying an unsustainable and disastrous situation. End quote. Okay. That's the first part of the exegesis. That's the first part of the speech, which was canceled and censored by Michael Matt and the Catholic Identity Conference. The layman who has taken it upon himself to censor an archbishop of the Roman Catholic Church. Now, before I unpack exactly what we heard, Alberto... I must note that there was a bishop physically present at the Catholic Identity Conference in Pittsburgh this past weekend, and that bishop was Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, a man who has not been traditional his whole life, doesn't claim to be traditional, doesn't fight for tradition, surrounded by snakes, absolute slithering, slimy, liberal snakes in his chancery, whom he does nothing about, 
and uh, he and he still gets invited by the way so oh hero blah blah well he's if he's so despised by the conciliar church he still gets invited and attends all the uh, if you follow the, the conference of texas bishops or whatever they're very liberals and they and he's there him. and he's, he's con celebrating he can celebrates with them correct he's yeah. standing there with with uh, uh, uh the archbishop of san antonio what's his name gustav uh whatever his name is total communist total communists standing there side by side with the communists he's standing there uh, somehow gravitationally i suppose he's standing there with the fat obese disgusting slob creature from fort worth bishop olsen even with uh, bishop daniel flores from brownsville who is a uh, part of the synod on synodality Flores from Brownsville is an interesting character, actually, uh, which we may have to save for another day. But Flores from Brownsville, standing side by side with Strickland from Tyler. Concelebrating. Concelebrating the bogus Ordo Mass. I mean, how can we... Is that my Catholic identity, to go to the bogus Ordo Mass and concelebrate? Is that, is that my Catholic identity? Celebrate with the Marxist bishops of Texas. Uh, openly, Archbishop Gustavo from San Antonio, he doesn't hide it. He He's on Twitter. You can go find him and judge for yourself. Gustavo in San Antonio is literally a Marxist. He hates tradition. He has suppressed it to the best of his ability. He kicked out the one Latin mass that was allowed to exist in his archdiocese. Um, okay, so what Archbishop Vigano is saying is that it sounds to me that he's like, look, some people say that Bergoglio is a tyrant. Others say that he's an imposter. And still others say that he is a heretic. But what everybody must agree on is that he doesn't legitimately hold the office. And that he, and that he hates the church. He does. And the faithful. Well, okay. So 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 that begs the question. I mean, look, if you I understand that these these church issues, Alberto, are are to be solved by better men than we. I understand that smarter, more learned, more well-trained theologians will be grappling with this for a long time. However, if you explain this to a third grader, and you say, hey, Mr. Third Grader, true or false, you have to be Catholic to be Pope. What's he going to say? Of course. <laughs> if a third grader says, yes, you have to be Catholic to be Pope, and then you say, well, is Bergoglio Catholic? And most people say no. Then why is what Archbishop Vigano is saying so controversial? It, uh, what the organizer of the conference said is, and I'm, I'm not even saying this in jest, is that he, that this statement goes against the unity, uh, which was the theme of the conference. The theme of the conference was unity. Now, let's go. Uh, I'm not going to play it for you because I, I really have nothing against Michael Mad. I, I have, I have, uh, I have a lot of respect for him and his family, his pedigree. Uh, he's second or third generation traditionalist fighting for tradition. He runs the Remnant newspaper. He runs this conference. Uh, nothing but respect for the man. However, comma, pause for dramatic effect. 
his explanation for not running the speech to me is the definition of grifting anxiety. It is a level of anxiety that only a grifter could feel. He says there are 17 other people who are coming to my conference. And those 17 other people are putting their lives and their livelihoods on the line. And if they are seen side by side with Vigano, who says that Jorge Bergoglio is not the Pope, if they stand shoulder to shoulder with him, if they are even on the same roster with him, Alberto, they may lose their pensions or worse, their health care. Yeah, you, you know, it's it's actually very interesting because when we consider the whole situation as explained by Archbishop Vigano and by Michael Matt, in a sense, uh, they were supposed to have an interview live via Zoom. So His Excellency could have said all of these things on Zoom and then shock the audience and blah, blah. But he, in, a, in a sense, he did a very classic thing. He told, hey, this is what I want to say, and here you go. Before the whole conference uh, heard it. So in a, in a way, it was a very classic thing. And, and if you want to criticize the, the Archbishop for changing the plan last minute, well, he, he's an Archbishop in a sense. He, the, the clergy should be the ones that are trying to take us out of the crisis, not lay, lay people. Uh, but, but he, even but, then, but, he, he could have said all of these things and then shocked the audience at the actual event, but he sent it in, in advance. Yeah, that's a good point. But, but however, Oh, Bishop Strickland is so brave and he's standing up to, but... Oh, he's based. Well, there's an apostolic visitation headed for Bishop Strickland because he's just too pro-life. And he's just so incredibly based. And everybody needs to support Joseph Strickland, the bogus ordo concelebrator in chief, who pronounced... You know, look, again... I have I have respect for the office. I have respect for the man. I'm glad Strickland is there. I wish we had more Stricklands. Don't get me wrong. But I've been to an FSSB ordination, which Strickland presided over, and I heard, well, in the nomine patris et filii et spiritus sanctus, amen. Yeah, if, if you look at the video from, from that, uh, this is just a, a factual. He can't... He doesn't do Latin. He, he, no, it's not, not, a not, thing. One, not a bit. You don't have to be a Latinist. I, you don't have to be Ryan Grant. You don't have to be doing Smokes and Saints or whatever his show is called. You don't have to be that level, okay? I'm not saying that you have to be fluent in Latin, okay? But in nomine patris et fili et spiritus sanctus, amen, doesn't work for me. This is not the perennial faith. <laughs> when when I was a uh, little growing up in Bogosordo in Mexico, I I remember thinking that all of uh, the bishops and all the priests had to speak Latin, had to be fluent in Latin. I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> but well, that used to be the case. 
That absolutely used to be the case. You're listening to... Par- okay, so listen. You're listening to Parrot Talk here on the Crusade channel. And this is live talk radio the way it should be. I've got Alberto on. We're talking about Archbishop Vigano. His speech was canceled. I want to get to the second half of his speech, which was canceled, censored by a layperson on the back half of this shameless grift. Speaking of grifting, we must grift here to keep the lights on. Go to shop.mikechurch.com. We'll see you in a second. Hey, I just met you. Heard you're a groomer. So here's your millstone. Good luck, loser. It's hard to look right when you're a pervert. So take your millstone. No kids will get hurt. Gotta get these fools into the bottom of the ocean. Down in the ocean. Alongside that Titan sub. Gotta get these guys down to the bottom of the ocean. Throw them in the ocean with that Titanic sub. Welcome back to the show. This is Paratalk here at the Crusade Channel Live. Talk radio the way it should be. It is the third day of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2023. We were talking about the cancellation of Archbishop Vigano. And I'm going to give you a very unpopular take towards the end of this segment, but you have to hang on for it. I'm going to make a bold prediction, and I know that it's true. Because I know that it's true. But we can't get there yet. Alberto here, the most hated man on Twitter, at Flatcath on Twitter. I'm not going to call it X on purpose. I might call it X in in jest, but I am not going to get on board and call it X. Alberto, welcome to the program. Glad to be back from the break. Uh, uh, You know, I'm not someone that likes to sing because I'm just really bad at singing. But this weekend, I was at a public place with my family. (laughs) And I saw a faggot with his son you and did so I, I was i was singing this song aloud uh we, we need to subsidize millstones effective immediately more millstones how did the faggot get the son that's called human trafficking human trafficking yeah that's a different story okay so we, let's get back to the story of uh the canceled speech from archbishop carlo maria vigano the evidence of the bergoglio problem here he provides the evidence quote The proliferation of declarations and behavior is completely foreign to what is expected of a pope, and indeed in contrast with the faith and morality of which the papacy of the Guardian has led many of the faithful and an increasingly large number of bishops to take note of something that until some time ago seemed unheard of. The throne of Peter is occupied by a person who abuses his power, uses it for the opposite purpose of what it is for our Lord. Oh, I already read that. Sorry. Aguirre... Sequitur essay. In these 10 years of this quote-unquote pontificate, we have seen Bergoglio do everything that would never be expected of a pope, and vice versa, everything that a heresiarch, I've never heard this word before, heresiarch, this is, yeah. this is like an arch heretic? Exactly. That's like Luther, like uh, Swingley, like Calvin. Oh, really? So this is a real word? It's a real word, yeah. How do you pronounce right. it in English? You're asking the Mexican here. I know. Harris Harak, <laughs> or an apostate, would do. There have been occasions when these actions have appeared manifestly provocative, as if by his utterances or certain acts of government, he deliberately wanted to arouse the indignation of the ecclesial body and urge priests and faithful to react by giving them the pretext to declare them schismatic. But this typical strategy of the worst Je- Jesuitism 
is now uncovered because the whole operation has been conducted with too much arrogance and in areas in which even the most moderate Catholics are willing to compromise. The sexual scandals of the clergy, and in particular the response of the Holy See to the scourge of moral corruption of cardinals and bishops, have shown a shameful disparity of treatment between those who belong to Bergoglio's so-called magic circle and those he considers adversaries. The recent case of Marco Rupnik is evidence of one who exercises power like a despot. Ligibus Solitus, who considers himself free to act without being accountable for any of his actions. It often happens that the consequence of decisions taken personally by the Argentine are then passed on to his subordinates, who find themselves accused and discredited for choices which are not theirs. I think of the case of the London building in which officials of the Secretariat of State were involved, while the contract of sale bears the august chirograph. I think of the shameful handling of Rupnik case, which, in addition to having rehabilitated a criminal responsible for horrendous crimes in contempt of the numerous victims, has also discredited the former prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, Cardinal Ladaria. I am thinking of the McCarrick case, which, with the farce of a secret administrative procedure, was hastily liquidated without any compensation to the victims and declared res judicata, unappealable. And the list goes on and on. It remains evident that the unfortunates who willingly or unwillingly collaborate with Bergoglio find themselves thrown overboard as soon as the press discovers the Vatican scandals. Many are noticing the cynical utilitarian behavior, which in fact brings to them to, de to decline appointments and promotions precisely so as to not find themselves in the unfortunate role of scapegoat. Breaking down the wall of silence. This is a short paragraph. I just want to read this, Alberto, and then we'll get to it. Quote, the silence of the episcopate in the face of the Bergoglian nonsense confirms that the self-reverential authoritarianism of the Jesuit Bergoglio has found servile obedience in almost all the bishops, terrified by the idea of being made the object of the retaliation of the vengeful and despotic satrap of Santa, Maria, Santa Marta. Some diocesan bishops are beginning to no longer tolerate his devastating action, which undermines the authority and authoritativeness of the whole church. Bishop Joseph Strickland, for example, has commendably reiterated immutable doctrine, doctrinal truths, immutable doctrinal truths of the Synod on Synodality in the coming months is preparing to demolish. Cardinal Gerald Ludwig Mueller has rightly recalled that the Lord did not give power to the Pope to bully good bishops. Something, therefore, is beginning to change. Alignments are taking shape. And we see, on the one hand, Bergoglio's synodal church, which he emblematically calls our church, and on the other hand, what remains of the Catholic church, towards which he does not fail to reiterate his absolute extraneousness. Okay, he's starting to give some examples. Rupnik is devastating. I mean, Rupnik is an absolute disgusting faggot piece of you-know-what. I, I do get one alibi, four-letter word per broadcast, by the way. 
And I don't always cash them in, but I'm going to cash one in right now. If there are children listening to the broadcast, you have a five-second warning to rid them from what I'm about to say. Father Rupnik is a piece of shit. And he will be punished for it one way or the other. And if he escapes earthly punishment, Alberto, well, he maybe will have longed for earthly punishment in the end. But he gives other examples as well. Bishop uh, Archbishop Vigano talking about how Bergoglio has acted like a tyrant, hated the faith, despised the faithful, despised the victims, promoted the faggots. I mean, this guy, uh, he's basically raising the question, if he can be Pope, why can't Stalin be Pope? Why can't Hitler be Pope? Is there some reason why those men couldn't be Pope? Yeah, it's it's uh, quite damning. Yeah, it, it, even if you are still in the camp that, that he's a real Pope, and uh, we've had worse popes before, and it's because in the pornocracy, blah, 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 as some grifters out there are saying, uh, this, in church history, once uh, the church regains her footing and uh, in, in the, within itself, this will this times from Paul the Sixth, John Paul the Second, Benedict the Sixteenth, Francis, of course. They, it, I do believe, they will be seen as no different. What, what's, what's the difference between turning the the Lateran Palace into a brothel and what the Vatican City is these days, which is literally the same. If you go to Saint Peter's Square and then you hang there like thirty minutes, you will see fat, disgusting. Cardinals walking around with lesbian lesbians with or without a color, right? Right. In in the open, they they don't they don't care whatsoever, and and so anyway, so that is to say that when you consider, well, we've had worse popes before. Well, maybe we haven't. So, the the most interesting part of the speech, and I think I personally think, okay, so far. I don't think anything that he has said would have per se got him canceled by Michael Matt. But I think the following two sentences got him canceled by Michael Matt. Are you ready to hear them? I'm ready. I haven't read them, by the way. So, let's uh, well, go. okay. So, we're getting we're getting Flat Cat's live reaction. Okay. Quote This is about the irregularities of the 2013 conclave. We are we're starting to see the battle lines we're starting to see a separation between Vigano and Schneider. And he immediately points his shotgun, Vigano does, at Bishop Schneider. Here it is. Bishop Athanasius Schneider maintains that any irregularities that may have occurred in the 2013 conclave have in any case been healed in radice by the fact that Jorge Mario... Bergoglio has been recognized as Pope by the Cardinal electors, by the Episcopate, and by the majority of the faithful. Practically speaking, the argument is that, regardless of the events that may have led up to the election of the Pope, with or without external meddling in it, the Church, practically speaking, places a time limit beyond which it is not permissible to challenge an election if the person elected is acceptable by the Christian people. But this thesis is called into question by historical precedent. He goes on to talk about 
Avignon. Um, I believe he he gets into Saint Catherine of Siena. I believe he he quotes Saint Vincent Ferrar. Uh, he talks about the conclave at Fondi, um, uh, the Roman people um, having a say, and he continues on. There's a whole section called Bishop Schneider's Via Tutior. Quote: Bishop Athanasius Schneider reminds us that the Via Tutior or surer way, consists in not obeying a heretical pope without necessarily having to consider him ipso facto fallen from his office as separated from the church and therefore no longer capable of being at its head, as St. Robert Bellarmine believes. But even this solution, which at least recognizes that Bergoglio is a heretic, does not, deem, does not seem decisive to me, since the obedience that the faithful can deny him is only marginally compared to all the acts of government and magisterium that he has carried out and continues to perform without his subjects being able to do anything about them. Of course, one can organize the clandestine celebration of the Catholic Mass, but what can a priest or a layman do when a subversive group of bishops maneuvered by Bergoglio is preparing to introduce unacceptable doctrinal changes through the Synod of Synodality? And what can they do when in the parishes a deaconess blesses the wedding, quote-unquote, of two sodomites? This is the most important question that Archbishop Vigano has ever asked. Okay, Mr. Catholic Prepper, and I'm one of those guys. Mr. Catholic Prepper, you built your own chapel. You got your own priest. Got it. But what will you do when the deaconesses are presiding over sodomite faggot fake weddings? Because the bishops of the Catholic Church, organized by this fake faggot pope, have made it so. What will you do then? The answer is nothing. You know, that's the truth. Uh, and uh, what what will the, the priests, and here's also a question that to me is included within those sentences. It, it, it's that we have priests, especially those, not, not those that are already, in a sense, separate from the, from the, uh, concealer fake church and members of the true Catholic of the real Catholic Church, but those that are offering clandestine masses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, we have the problem that how is it possible to be in communion with this heretical faggot fake bishops and still be offering the true mass? Which is the question that we planted at the beginning of the show, Mike, when we said, "Well, how how did we get to the point where?" Whereas before, the legacy trust would have said, oh, if you are in communion with the noble sword of church, you are a heretic schismatic. They would have said that. Lefebvre would have said it. I mean, I mean, frankly, even the nine, even the nine would have said that. Uh, the, 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 I'm talking about the nine founders of the fraternity of St. Peter, Bizic and all of them. They would have said that, exactly. But now we are... Be, and now... Why? I know I know people, and you know people like that, their parents were traditionalists, lost all of their family, yeah. all of their friends, yeah. their whole reputations, their parishes, their communities, everything simply for asking questions and saying and refusing to, I will not attend a fake mass, and then started supporting Esprit Lefebvre or other groups that were around at the time. 
But now, fast forward, in the name of unity, we even have bishop, conciliar bishops in their clerical suits. So not in proper, even not in proper ecclesiastical bishop attire, but in uh, clerical suits addressing a conference of traditionalists. Right. That, that to me was even shocking. The fact that Bishop Strickland, I mean, you, sure, you, you can have him present, et cetera, et cetera. You can sympathize with him, but to have a conciliar bishop offering a mass for a group of traditionalists, that to me was very shocking. Uh, I, was, I was very surprised because that seems to be, hey, how, how is it possible that we have the same bishop that last week, two weeks ago, a month ago, was concelebrating and having a party with the rest of the Bogus Ordo Marxist Texas bishops. And now he is offering a mass for a group of traditionalists. Well, because you, because, because traditionalism, Alberto, is as fluid as gender ideology. Yeah, I, I you, you you can you can decide to be a traditionalist one day and you are fully accepted. And if you in your mind say I identify as a traditionalist, that's it. You're part of the club. And if anybody questions it, how dare you? You can be part of the club for five minutes, five years. You can become a, a Catholic grifter traditionalist. But so and, and, and so far as you just. And by, and by the way, prefer the, the Latin Mass. And by the way, the question that nobody has been able to answer is: is that Bishop Strickland endorsed Amoris Letizia and said that everybody should read it at the time? Yeah, he did. I think he deleted that from his website, but he definitely, uh, contemporaneously with an Amoris Letizia, did did in fact endorse it. Said everybody should read it. it. It's good stuff. This is a this is a bishop playing the game. He's not the real deal. I'm sorry. I like him. I've met him. I have a picture with him. I'm, you know, I, I have nothing against him. I'm glad that he's out there ordaining frat priests and frat frat uh, 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 deacons. That's fine. I'm fine with that. And if you want to be ordained by in nomine patris et filius spiritus sanctus, amen, then fine. Good for you. Go to the fraternity of St. Peter. And now the Archbishop Vigano says a little bit later in the letter, he says, which this can be a question to anybody that is maybe on the fence of, on this question. He says, there is this quote, there is no action of this man, Bergoglio, that does not blatantly have the air of rupture with respect to the practice and the magisterium of the church. Mm -hmm. And to this are added the positions taken that are anything but inclusive towards the faithful who do not intend to accept arbitrary innovations or worse, full-blown heresies. So, so here's the, we've got two minutes left. So we've, we, we have to get to our predictions. I am going to go ahead and tell you my prediction, and I know that with 100% certainty this will happen. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a reason why right now, the end of September, the early part of October 2023, why Father James Altman comes out and says Bergoglio is not Pope. And then a week or two later, Archbishop Vigano comes out and says Bergoglio is is not Pope. And the reason why they're saying this now, even though they believe this for a long time, for years, and I can confirm to you personally that 
I know that this has been believed for years by many of these people. The reason they're saying it now, Alberto, why would you say it now? What would you believe? Why would you go ahead and just say it now? I don't know. Because you're already face down in the, uh, what, what are those called? The, 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 the guillotine. You're already face down in the guillotine, and these are your last words before your head, your clerical head is chopped. That's why. I am predicting to you right now that James Altman and Carlo Maria Vigano will be pavonized. They will be laicized. A piece of paper will suddenly exist that says, these men are no longer priests in the Catholic Church. Signed, Jorge Bergoglio. And, by the way, Bishop Strickland has... not to. I feel like we're giving people a, such a bad start to their day, but Bishop Strickland has said, I will not resign, but if uh, Francis removes me, I'm out. Right, I will believe the piece of paper, even though, like, ontologically, there's not a change to the souls of these men. They still bear the indelible mark of the priesthood for all time. Whether they are in heaven or in hell, their soul will be marked as a priest of God, regardless of what the piece of paper says. Regardless of that, nevertheless, notwithstanding any of that, Jorge Bergoglio is going to lay aside these men and it is because of that fact that they are now willing to speak their minds in public. It's like the closing scene in A Man for All Seasons. St. Thomas More has held his perfect silence for years. They tortured him, they starved him, they put him in a tower. He held his silence because, in theory... You have the right to remain silent, and you cannot interpret silence to mean anything, one way or the other. Wait, that must be news to Ferndale, anyway. That is, new, that is news to Ferndale. You don't have the right to remain silent if you, uh, in Ferndale if, you, if you're a trad priest accused of a grave crime. Um, man, speaking of faggots, man, you really threw me off there with faggot Michael Boris. Um... Uh, AIDS carrying diaper wearing Michael Voris. Now, in the final scene of A Man for All Seasons, it finally, Thomas More speaks his mind and he says that he cannot consent to the marriage because there is no marriage. And that he dies the king's good servant, but God's first. Here we are witnessing the final act by Carlo Maria Vigano and by Jim, Jim Altman. I cannot consent to this papacy because it is not a papacy. I die the king's good servant, but God's first. I believe that's where we are with those two men. And it is any day now before we see that, and you heard it first here on the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be. What do we do with this information? Have a cup of coffee and we, have a good day. We do. We have a cup of coffee. We go to shop.bikechurch.com, get the quality beans, 
and we go about our day. You know why? Because we know who wins in the end. Christ the King. Christos Vincit. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel, Live Talk Radio the way it should be. I will see you on Wednesday. Thank you so much. This is Paratalk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com.